Hey you. Today, we're going to inquire into the self. Me. I. That person who seems to be at the center of experience. The one that we feel has agency to make decisions and to move about the world. That one to which everything is happening to. And we're going to start this investigation conceptually. We're going to break down the self as a matter of its conceptual parts. And then to end the meditation, we're going to look directly at our own experience to see who or what we are. So, to begin, I'd like to tell the story of the ship of Theseus, a popular thought experiment from ancient Greece. The thought experiment goes something like this. We build a ship, and when it's complete, we call it the ship of Theseus. Now, once the ship is completed, it goes on a journey around the world. And let's say a decade or so goes by before the ship returns. And as we investigate it, we realize that over the course of this journey, every single part of that ship, every piece of wood, every piece of rope and fabric had been replaced after becoming damaged each piece slowly at, at a time. Now, the question I present to you is, is this the same ship that left the harbor? Is this still the ship of Theseus? The same thought experiment, or paradox, also shows up in Eastern philosophy. There's a famous dialogue between a Buddhist monk named Nagasena and King Melinda. The dialogue is known as Melinda's Questions. Anyway, one of the questions the king asked this Buddhist monk is on the nature of the self and personal identity. So Nagasena greeted the king by acknowledging that Nagasena was his name, but that Nagasena was only a designation. No permanent individual, Nagasena, could be found. This made the king laugh, and so the king responded, well, who is it that wears robes and takes food? If there's no Nagasena, who earns merit or demerit? Who causes karma? If what you say is true, a man could kill you and there would be no murder. Nagasena would be nothing but a sound. So the clever Nagasena asked the king how he had come to his hermitage, on foot or by horseback. I came in a chariot, the king said. What is a chariot? Nagasena asked. Is it the wheels or the axles or the reins or the frame? or the seat, 
or the drop pull? Is it a combination of those elements? Or is it something beyond or found outside those elements? The king answered no to each question. Then, Augustina said, there's no chariot. The king acknowledged the designation chariot depended on these constituent parts, but that chariot itself is a concept or a mere name. Just so, Nagasena said. Nagasena is a designation for something conceptual. It's a mere name. When the constituent parts are present, we call it a chariot. When the five skandhas are present, skandhas are a Buddhist term for... It, it means bundle of sticks, but they're categories for who we take ourselves to be, which include our body, feelings, thoughts, perceptions, intentions, volitions, and consciousness. So when the five skandhas are present, Dagasena says, we call it a being. Another way to think about the chariot simile is to imagine the chariot being taken apart. At what point in the disassembly does the chariot cease to be a chariot? And realize that any judgment we make here is subjective. You might argue that a pile of car parts is still a car, just not an assembled one. The point is, though, that car and chariot are concepts we project onto the constituent parts. But there is actually no car or chariot essence that somehow dwells within these parts. There are a few other examples that can shed some light here. The first is a constellation, like the Big Dipper. When we look out at the night sky, most all of us can recognize the Big Dipper. But is there in fact a Big Dipper? Or is Big Dipper just a concept? A rainbow is another. There's light bouncing off water or moisture at a particular angle that then hits a visual sense faculty and produces what we call a rainbow. There's a storm. When we think about it, there really is no thing called storm. Storm is made up of wind, rain, lightning, thunder. But again, storm itself is just a concept. It's this collection of constituent parts. Now, anything we look at and investigate will have this same quality to it. At its center, there is no self-essence. So this plant on my desk, for example, we can say this is a plant, distinct, you know, its own thing. But when we look into it, we realize that plant actually has no plant essence to it. This plant, too, is composed of constituent parts. It's composed of dirt, water, sunshine, carbon, and we could keep going and dividing it up into as small of parts as we want. 
So you too don't contain any self entity. There's no substance. There's no unchanging permanent thing called self at the center of experience. Now, this can often make people feel quite uncomfortable. It can provoke a lot of fear that associated with death or loss. So if you do notice any anxiety arising, I invite you to meet that anxiety directly. Examine it as a matter of raw experience. Where is anxiety? Where is it in the body? What is it like? Is it a contraction in the heart or chest? Is it a pattern of frenetic energy? Is there tension in the face? Just become interested in what anxiety is as a matter of direct experience. And then go ahead and allow attention to just rest on the body breathing. Notice how breathing is happening all on its own. There's no need to control it. There's no need to lean into it or to anticipate it. You can sit back and simply receive it. Okay. Let's go ahead now and investigate the self directly as a matter of raw experience. So again, just allowing attention to rest on the breath. Notice this field of changing sensation with each in-breath and out-breath. And now become interested in who or what is noticing each breath. Does it feel like you're above the breath? That you're up in your head somewhere looking down on it? Tune in to this felt sense of me, of I. If it helps, you can turn attention around as you focus on the breath and follow it back to where you believe you're paying attention from. Can you find yourself? Do 
I've been looking now for over 15 years, and still there's no self. There's no unchanging, stable entity, which I can call self. Rather, when I look, what's there to be noticed is just the world. There's just shapes, colors, shadows. There's just a field of changing bodily sensations. An open field of sounds arising spontaneously. Thoughts, feelings, and emotions. There is no one in addition to each sensation, feeling, thought, emotion, or sound. Everything is simply arising in this wide, open, and empty space. And it's all being known effortlessly in its own place. Okay, for the last minute of the session, let's go ahead and narrow attention to the breath. Well, thank you again for practicing. In the beginning, it can be really frustrating or difficult to move past the layer of perception that is our thoughts. It's almost like looking at the moon on a cloudy night. We can get a sense of the moon, of our direct experience, behind the clouds, but it's really foggy. We haven't built up enough concentration to penetrate the clouds and meet direct experience. So if you felt any frustration today or any anxiety in this exercise, I invite you to simply note that anxiety or frustration as a matter of direct experience. What is it? Where is it? What is it like? Where is it in the body? And then, once again, 
just gently look for who or what knows it. And I'll see you back here tomorrow.